I'm gonna get 12 eggs and part of a dead animal. Dealer's choice, please and thank you. Welcome to another episode of Obviously Oblivious with The Mike and South Philly Paul. Obviously Oblivious is recorded in the great commonwealth of Pennsylvania in front of a live studio audience of Mike's massive dogs. Now, yes, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Obviously Oblivious at 00109. I am the Mike, and uh, with me is my co-host, South Philly Paul. What's up, Polly? Hey, listeners. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing pretty well. Good, but man. more importantly, we have a special guest in the studio, as promised, Nate the Beard. Who the fuck is Nate the Beard, you're asking? We're going to find out. You're going to find out who Nate the Beard is. How you doing, Nate? I am well, thank you. How was your trip up to uh, What It Do Studios this evening? It was an interesting trip, uh, as I mentioned in pre-production, I guess we can call it that. Uh, I think I set off an alarm because there were Jews in the area, so the police show up, you know why. Yeah, no, there's a lot of Jews in this area, so I think you, you should fit right in. Shalom. All, All right. right, fantastic. I think that half of the Moton is... It's Half of, of Monton is Jewish. Of the chosen variety. Yeah, there's a lot of synagogues in Reading. Did you know that? Oh, poor you. There is a lot of synagogues. Temple Taco Bell, yeah. No, no, like, um, and the B'nai B'rith. There's a B'nai B'rith. There's a whole bunch of stuff. The JCC. Oh, all, yeah, right. These fuckers the are Jewish all over Jewish concentration camps? Yeah. yeah. If you want a good story about that, I'll tell you that one later. All right, we'll listen to that later. But we have Nate up. He's uh, a long time ago. What, what November? October, Nate says, so how does one get on your show for an interview? And I said, all you have to do is ask the host. And he did. And here he is. So welcome uh, to the show. Thank you. Thank you uh, for having me. Let's, uh, let's get to know Nate the Beard. Most of you uh, know Nate the Beard from uh, Mediocre Show. Um, he has been a friend of Eric's for many, many, many years. You used to work with Eric, correct? I used to work with Eric at a god-awful company called Current Events. Okay. So, um, yeah, Nate's one of those people that every Wednesday night we're doing the show. And I say something. Actually, the two guys in this room. You two, Trailerize, and like three or four other people are texting me all show long with comments. And I appreciate that because sometimes you say something really good that I want to use. So, you still like muses. I've been taking off the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I haven't really contributed that much. Yeah, no, I've been yeah. a lot funnier the last couple of weeks, if you but, notice that. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't have to take every opportunity to shit on me. I don't shit on you at every fucking chance I get. Just every other. Every other chance I get. Thank you. That's Thank right. you, Nate. Um, so, tell me about this... Uh, this place, this, uh, what did you say? Was current current events. events. Yeah, tell yeah. me about current events. Well. I heard it was a real shitbox. Uh, it was a giant shitbox. Off uh, an industrial park uh, right near the turnpike. It was a lighting and sound company. And uh, I obviously don't do lighting or sound. So I was in the office. You're in the numbers game. I huh? was in the numbers game, yes. I was. I had doesn't the, go with the stereotype at all, does it? Nope. No, Jew accountant. Well, that's, a, that's the old joke. You know, what do you call a great Jewish son? A doctor. What do you call a good Jewish son? A lawyer. What do you call every other Jewish son? An accountant. So I'm an accountant if it hasn't ruined it for you already. Where does a comedian's role in? Uh, I don't know. They're probably just misunderstood Jewish sons. Like, he was such a nice boy. And then uh, he went to Hollywood. Um, so long story short, I left a really crappy job to go to this job for slightly more money. And funny story to escape the uh, ATF showing up and raiding my old job. Nice. Oh, yeah. They thought that my old company, which was a company called Epic Resorts, and there was nothing epic about it, they thought that was a front for the mob. They thought it was a front for money because who has a resort company in this part of Pennsylvania? You know, there's no timeshares here. This is in the Poconos, so where they were in King of Prussia. So I leave that job. I come to 
current events and I'm doing the the awful role of doing accounts payable for a company with no money. Oh, well, the, yeah. The second day I was there, the van gets repossessed. Nice. That should tell and, you something. Well, that's the thing, though. The higher-ups, the senior-level management were like, oh, somebody stole the van. Somebody stole the van. I, I don't know if it was Eric. I think it actually was Eric. It was somebody else who sort of dragged me outside, and they're like, do you see the drag marks? No one stole this van. This van was towed away. So pay the bills. I'm pay like, the oh, bills. Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. So I'm looking at the coupons for the van, and we have not paid for months. So we have enough money. I pay it up. But long story short, I'm doing accounts payable. We have no money. People, my job basically consisted of, you know, I did a little bit of bank work and I cut checks because that's what accounts payable does, but we had no cash. So it was like, who do I pay? Who don't I pay? People does this who, include the employees? Oh, that I'll get to that story. I've told that story before. Um, people would call up, call me every name in the book. You know, when are you fucking deadbeats going to pay us? You know, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? When am I going to see my money? Can I just have my equipment back? We had a very nice gentleman who we bought a plotter from. And this is, this is it was a guy out of South Philly. Small company that leased this stuff. And Do you know sold who he was, it. Paul? Well, no, I have no idea. No, okay. you don't I don't it. know what a plotter is. It's a really big printer. It's a printer like it's to do like posters printer. and yeah, stuff. posters and blueprints and stuff like that. Yeah. So this shipbag company actually got several gigs at the Republican National Convention. So they bought the plotter for that purpose to, I can hear my piece popping, sorry. Um, Don't worry, it'll okay. get taken on right. post. Post-production. Um, they bought the plotter for that reason, like $5,000 piece of equipment. Yeah. They made one payment on it, and that was it. And this nice man would call me every other week. Are you going to make a payment? When are you going to send some money? You know, We'll just take the plotter back. It's no big deal. Yeah, but it's not you. Yeah, I know, but they got me. I was the gateway because the senior level people would never answer the phone or say, you handle it, or not, you know, not want to deal with anyone, so... Long story short, I got stuck dealing with all of these people who just got so pissed off at every excuse I ever gave them that it was, you know, I would just sit on the fucking internet and not answer the phone. Yeah, so that's a good job. And I would wander out into the warehouse and bullshit with them because they were far more interesting. Uh, and you know, got to know Eric that way. Met Matt Kitten Sparks very briefly when he uh, managed to crash a forklift into the sprinkler system. Uh-huh. And fl- uh, not flood, but you know, make it rain before it was a popular term. Wow! In the warehouse, nice. And I did. I brought them the the repair bill for that. I brought them out. I'm like, do you want to give it to the guy? You know, hang it as a badge of honor that he cost us four hundred dollars or whatever the hell it was. And like, we'll keep it. We'll keep it in the office out here. So the employee story that I've told a million times. He just loves to fuck stuff up, though. Well, he was. I don't think he should have been driving a forklift. But I don't who think knows. he should be driving anything. I think they trusted him because they didn't know any better. Um, the employee story used to be what I used to call the core states road rally because on Friday we got our checks and I knew how much money was in the bank. Yeah, and I used to walk out to the warehouse and go cash your checks now. <laughs> go get and they had, they had warned me about this when I started there. Oh, you just be careful with payroll. Just let us know how much money's in the payroll. I'm like why? What's the big deal? We've had cat checks bounce. Okay. I thought this was all bullshit. No, not bullshit. We had barely enough money to pay people. So I would go in on Friday afternoon and be like, you're getting your check. Go straight to the bank. And the entire warehouse staff and myself would be at the bank at lunch, sort of jockeying for position in line. Like, no, no, I was here before you. No, 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 no. I was here before you. Fighting to get get, paid. To get cash. To not even put it in and have it transferred to your bank if you weren't using core states at the time. To get cash. Like, it's 1940s. 
you know, and this is post depression era, and people still don't trust banks. And it's like that's they, really good for they uh, have a big wad of, Yeah, they have a big wad of cash in the freezer because they're afraid of it. There was no direct deposit at all. No, 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 I wouldn't trust those people to fucking wipe a dog's ass. So, mm. so is this place still in business? You know, supposedly there's a offshoot. Some of the people from that company reformed some other production company, and apparently they're out of they were out of Pottstown, and I never found them. Wow. But when I lived in Pottstown. And, uh, yeah, I, I, God only knows if they made it work because there's such fucking screw-ups and morons. That what is it? it was the management that just didn't know what they were doing? Oh, management was clueless. The guy who owned the company was a disbarred lawyer. Wow. So that should have been... It's, I didn't find that out until after I was hired. So that should have been... You don't find out a lot of things about your job until yeah. you're there for a little while. Now that should have been clue number one to get the fuck out of there. So are you still in the uh, the business of accounting? Yes, I am. And uh, what... Not, you don't have to tell me the company you work for, but what what business are they in? I work for a large university-based health system. Mm. Okay. How's that treating you? <laughs> I've managed to stay there for 11 years, which for me is like, you know, an eternity. So it's good. You know, they they know what they've got. That I sit there and steal money. And huh. I produce 20 minutes worth of work, and they don't fire me, so. Well, that's good. Right, there's another question I always have for you, Nate. How old are you? I am 38. I will be 39 in September. Okay. And uh, you're a lover of hockey. Do you still play hockey? I still play hockey. Not particularly well, but I still play. What do you, do you play in ice or deck? Ice. And where do you play at? Uh, I play out of Oaks, PA. Ah. They're down the, they have the leagues down there? They do have leagues. And uh, supposedly there's an over 35 league that I think I may get into because I'm tired of chasing around kids who I can't catch. That's one of the reasons I had to stop. I got a little too old for the kids. Uh, that and I kept, hurt, I kept fucking hurting myself yeah. even more. Uh, well, welcome here. Thank you. It was sir. nice talking to you. Okay, yeah. Get the fuck out. <laughs> There's the door. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. What position do you play? Defense. Um, I can't play goalie in a pinch. Uh, I bought all that stuff out of college, which was a foolish thing to do with my money, but I did it anyway. The tools of ignorance. Um, you still have it, though, right? Yeah, I still have it. Yeah, well, then it's a good investment. Sure, yeah. Uh, I was just at the flea market. Turn- I was just I was just at the flea market in Gilbertsville last week, uh, and they, she had a set of uh, leg pads for $200. Woof. I'm like, hmm. That's do actually you, a good price. Yeah. Do you wear a helmet? That's what I told you. Yes, them. I wear a helmet. You do? Not okay. that old school, no. You're not, yeah, you, you didn't grandfather that in? No. Okay. What is a, you've been a long, long time listener of the show. You started listening because you knew Eric from work. Right. Uh, what has kept you all these years? I mean, you listen on Wednesday nights. Uh, I mean, I like the content, obviously. I certainly like the personalities. Um, I've been on the show a few times. I was fortunate enough to do that. And, you know, Eric's a good guy, very creative. And, you know, obviously, show took a huge upswing when you came as well to the whole yeah. two alpha dogs, sort of. Huh. Because, I mean, to his credit, Kitten Sparks is de- was definitely talent and not production, even remotely. And, yeah, the sa- no. and the same thing with Taylor. So, while Taylor had his moments and some interesting stories, Taylor, I mean, the one time I was, the first time I was supposed to be on, Taylor totally forgot that he had an appointment for something. So it was me and Eric and Hope in the apartment, in the old apartment. It's like, well, we're not going to tape a show because we can't have Taylor, but you brought beer and I got pizza. You want to hang out? So I hung out for a few hours and had a few beers and we eat pizza. Oh, that's why I never heard that episode. Yeah, exactly. We didn't (laughs) tape. And then I came back, I think, about a month later. So with two guys who understand the production end, with two guys that understand the content end, with, you know, both of you are obviously talented. Well, thank you. Yeah. and, And certain Hope adds their own element as well. It's still a very entertaining show, and I feel the need to call in and make my, you know, 
bullshit points about movies or hockey or Judaism or any other yeah, nonsense that's that I call that's in. Imp- that's what we, we look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I like that last call. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was funny. Well, I mean, oh my God, that that bit was so bad. And <laughs> it's like I'm I'm sitting there like, I have to call We're speaking of, of the, uh, the, um, the church people that the are people. rapping about Jesus. Right. Well, yeah. Jesus. I see it as them mocking people that would have done that sin- sincerely. No, I think that's, that's the what case I too. see it as. I yeah, see, but I also see it as they were trying to get their names out there. Well, and if they look as ridiculous as they possibly, oh my God, look at this preacher and his wife saying the n word. It's just, I but they're know. doing it. They're doing it as as a comedy. Yeah, yeah but I, I I find it weak and I find it uh, lazy. Well, well what message does that you? deliver? I mean, not to get to, again, just like on the call to the mediocre show, not to get too philosophical, but what message does that deliver? It delivers. Hey, look what I can do to get attention on the internet. Yeah, look at me, look there's, at me, look at yeah, me. Yeah, look at me. There's no like there's no great message. There's no great, hey, you should take Jesus seriously. And this is the medium that I'm choosing to tell you about it by doing a really bad rap by two white mid white Midwest folks. You I mean know. the only thing it could serve if it was real trying to get young people into the church, but even then the content of what they're no, rapping I, about definitely wouldn't wasn't get anybody that. in no. there. So it definitely wasn't that it's, it's a complete waste. And explain the second church to me. Like how how do you get the hierarchy? How are you the first church of Christ? And then you're the second church of Christ. And then you're the third church of Christ's dog that he had for five seconds in Nazareth. And so it might on and be, so forth. it just might be like the banks, you know, you have the first national bank right. of Fleetwood, the second national. I don't understand it. Or a third world country, second world country. No, third world well, country, I can understand the that. The roots of that. Yeah. You know, we're a first world country, America. America. Right. You know, that's what we are. Um, no, uh, thank you for the kind words about mediocre show. I, I, um, you know, I, I always continue to wonder how well we're doing, especially for people who've been listening, like you two guys, been listening for a very, very long time. Um, and, and certainly, Matt and Taylor both had their their moments for sure. But you could actually hear some frustration with Eric sometimes with Matt, how he would get with talking over Eric or belittling or berating the uh, well, the audience. The one the one time I remember is when Matt would suggest that he was going to get busy with Eric's mom. <laughs> and i'm putting it that. the nice way really yeah yeah How'd that go over uh, uh, well eric would be silent <laughs> and go, I, uh, okay and i'm not you know here's my disclaimer you know i i've met matt a few times i've hung out with matt matt is a very interesting guy yeah but it's sort of like there is a persona on top of matt that he would put on while performing that was just so blunt so in your face and so reaction value like you know i'm gonna tell you about i'm gonna bang your mom some guys would laugh that off other guys would go silent some guys would get up and throttle your ass for saying something like that just because that's how they're gonna react so well he said it in that context right. of the show. Uh, being, yeah. a, being a lifelong friend of eric's i mean he knew that every single thing that came out of his mouth was complete and utter nonsense so if it were a stranger off the street I mean, you'd be put your foot in the guy's ass. Oh but. no, no, <laughs> absolutely not. No, he wouldn't put up with that. Well, he also certainly knew the way to push Eric's buttons oh, too. Yeah. He knew exactly what to say to get Eric. Because, again, on, like on your side with production, on Eric's side with production, he takes this seriously. Yeah, I mean, unlike you, Mike, you don't push any buttons at all. No, I'm. I'm and you don't an take angel. this seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm a very. I'm an angel. He's got a giant robot over there that does everything. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, so the show is still funny. It's Good. funny too because I, I maybe I'll tell you that. And here's a spoiler, kids. I might tell this story off the air. I've run into at least one other fan 
who sort of thinks that there's this mystique of bullshit. Really? You know what? Screw him. I'm going to throw him under the bus because I think he's God, a throw prick. him under the bus. I'm throwing him under the bus because I think he's a prick. And and if if he listens to this by a miracle, I think you're a prick. Uh, I don't know if you remember mediocre Cam. Cam. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder I what happened Cam. to that dude. Yeah. He's a he's a two faced prick. Really? Um, I was at a party up where I used to live in Pottstown, and he recognized me. He's like, I think I've met you before. Oh yeah, you were at the listener party at the wishing well. I'm like, okay, yeah, we met for five seconds. He's dating this girl that was in the Volkswagen circles up in Pottstown. And he's like, you still listen to Mediocre Show? I'm like, yeah, I still listen. I mean, sparingly. At the time, it was when my mom was sick, so I wasn't listening yeah. as much. But And he's like, yeah, I used to be a Scorpion of support, and those guys are really great, but I can't do that shit anymore, man. I, they, they don't, they're not honest about the money. I'm like, what do you mean they're not honest about what the money? Want, really? He's like, well, you know, you know Eric's brother. I'm like, yeah, I talked to Eric's brother a few times. He's like, he told me that they just take the money and buy beer and they bought TVs and they did all this other what? shit. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? I'm like, I've been in Eric's house. I was in Eric's apartment before the house. Been in Eric's current house. Um, I think he takes, whatever he does with the money, A, is none of your business. B, I know it's not going into beer and television. <laughs> so he's not just like, you know, he's not rolling up in a new 911 because the fucking listeners are funding his car habit. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And, you know, when you had the TV problem, I gave you 75 bucks because I had 75 I bucks. Because it, it at the time it was like, we're 75 bucks away. I'm, I had it. I gave it to you. Thank you, Nate. Because if I was in that predicament, I would want somebody to help me out too. But, you know, so he goes in this whole diatribe about, you know, they're two faced and they're taking the money. I shit you not. A week later, a week, maybe two weeks at the most, there was a DCI event for uh, Moses, who died in a car crash. Yeah. And I was there. He's Here's mediocre Cam, talking to Hope, looking at Brock, kissing Eric's ass, totally two fucking yeah. two-faced, not saying a fucking word, and I'm flabbergasted. And it's like, I'm not going to roll up on the guy and be like, hey, how's it going? Hey, you want to talk to Eric about how he spends the money on beer and TVs? Well, I wouldn't have been the right kind of, event yeah, exactly. to do that. No. <laughs> I think I did say something, Eric. I don't know when. I might have sent him a text or I might have, it might have been in an email. I did say something to him about, you know, that Cam's a two-faced prick, but. Yeah, I always wondered what happened to that guy because uh, when we were at the listener party, he was up everybody's asses. He's a douchebag. And then all of a sudden he just disappeared. He's da- like, he he was dude. dating this girl in the Volkswagen scene who is the attention whore of attention whores. And I'm not going to throw her name out there because she'd probably like it. Um, and she's not a bad person, but her persona on the internet is ridiculous. Listen to all my peas pop. Um, he was dating her. That's the only reason he was at this party. And it might be the only reason he got in the fucking Volkswagens for all I fucking know. And guys just a he just came off like a dick. He was drinking. He was getting drunk. I forgive a certain amount of bullshit when you're drinking. Yeah, but that's a little because, much. But, but alcohol is still truth serum. If this is your fucking opinion, you know, you've lost all your inhibitors by having a few beers, so you're going to say it. So this is your opinion. This is your opinion of the mediocre show. This is your opinion of Eric. This is your opinion of what the Scorpions of, of support fund. They fund party time. And then we're week, always out partying. Oh, yeah. And then a week later, here you are kissing his ass. Yeah. Uh. You're kissing his ass. You're asking him how he's doing. You're saying how fucking cute Brock is and how Hope looks great and all this shit, which is all the truth. But a week ago, two weeks ago, oh, it's nothing but vitriol. Oh, these guys fucking, I stopped giving them money because they were 
buying TVs and getting beer for the show and they don't need any fucking cash, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think it's just one TV. <laughs> I don't care if it's 10 <laughs> TVs, man. He puts the product, you put the product, all these products are out there for free. Right, I agree. If, yeah. if you want to support this show by sending money, that's your right. And if you want to support the show by sending something like the Star Wars stuff that you were, voicemail or Star Wars stuff or anything. I mean, if somebody hands you, you know, a million dollars, they had a reason to do it and maybe they're not in their right minds, but they still did it for a reason. And we're not even talking anything that grandiose. But even even at that point, it doesn't matter what the other, it's like, uh, here, I'm going to loan you this money. Right. And then you, they get something that you don't like and then you're upset that they spend that money on what you don't like. It's any, once you did that, that's right. what you, it is. You forfeit the right to complain about what you've done. I mean, if you knew what these charities spend their money on, I work in the nonprofit world. Let me ruin the nonprofit world for you. A boatload <laughs> of the fucking money is hidden in senior level salaries oh, yeah. and facilities. We have too much money laying around. What are we can do? Let's buy a building. Let's buy the, Let's buy an MRI machine. Let's buy something big fucking expensive thing that we can write off, we can get some use out of it, and we can do our quote-unquote job and provide patient care. But in the same breath, you know, they're paying CFOs, senior-level people, douchebags who have the intelligence of a paperclip, six-figure salaries. So, you know, behind the magic curtain, you know, the magic is not happening. Bullshit's happening like everywhere else. But in the same breath, but, but that uh, just that misconception yeah. about where money yeah. goes, so we're rolling yeah. big time, rolling. Yeah, I mean, you know, Eric's fucking rolling up in a brand new Porsche, hopes covered in diamonds, yeah. and you guys are just living large off the scorpions to support yeah. these, these saps who send you money. Why? Well, That's look bullshit. At, I look at it this way: when you go see a band and say you have to pay, like a smaller band, when you go see a band and you got to pay a cover charge, yeah, you don't care what the hell is going to happen with the money for the cover charge, you know? Yeah, no, you guys. Like Nate was saying, you put out a product, you put out a great product, and you deserve some compensation. Well, okay, sorry, and, and I, and I don't, a- no, 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 I don't believe it's all going to beer and TVs. Well, beer is a consumable for the show. That's uh, beer is certain, I'm a sure, tool. Yeah, I'm yeah sure but I drink, I drink one beer during the show. I open it up before the show and I finish it off when I'm walking out the door. It's one tall boy in three hours. So there isn't no, there isn't a lot of beer being consumed, and and regardless, I mean, I don't want to talk about this too much longer. Right. But re- regardless, um, I think, with the exception of what listeners have done, like when they everybody was kind enough to send money to fix the TV. My buddy Keith sent you twenty yeah, bucks. That was nice. Yeah. Tell him I said thank you. Uh, that 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 was really nice. Um, there's been some other things that people have done, wonderful things that I try to be as uh, gracious as I possibly can about, thankful as I can about. Um. Uh, I get free T-shirts and hats from the mediocre show. That's that's what we get. Everything else goes into the show, and I. So if that's the misconception he had, or I don't even know why he would say that Eric's brother would tell him that because I can't even see Scott no, doing I that. Can't, no, I can't see Scott spending five fucking minutes talking to this douchebag. Yeah. So as as soon as he went down that road, I'm like, do you even know Scott? But I, that that's what I said in my head. He was drunk. He was on a roll. He was there with his girlfriend at the time who... Was he trying to look good for her? No, he wasn't. She was busy talking up somebody else. Ah, So I guess his spiteful, whiny bitch mode was to be like, oh, hey, I know you, and we've got some common ground to talk about stuff, so I'm just going to fling some shit out there and see if it sticks. Fuck him. Fuck him twice. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, a little bit I know of Scott. I can't imagine him saying that. And if he said it, it was in, in jest. And, I, and I, taken out of I'm, context. I'm with Nate. I don't think Nate would spend one fucking second talking to somebody like no, somebody. No. That's just how Scott is. Anyway, 
Well, thanks for telling me that. You're welcome. Because it, it does. It, it Should he resurface, you can fully, and he'll, he'll forget it and deny it, but you can fully be like, oh, well, I was talking to Nate the Beard. Well, about, I know you in life. You're a friend, yeah, so I don't, right. I, I, yeah. you know, you've never uh, led me astray with anything. No, so. I wouldn't bullshit you. Fuck that. that. <clears throat> so if anybody wants to send money into Double O, <laughs> feel free. Fund my trip to San Francisco this week, which came all out of my pocket, not the Scorpions of support, yeah. mind you. Funny again, people's misconceptions about what no, it goes irrita- on. It does. It just irritates me though, because like, um, even back when Awful Show and I was putting, starting to put my studio together, there was a misconception that we were making some some money from somewhere. Like we were running that uh <laughs> that ad for uh, Adam and Eve. You know how much money we made off that Adam and Eve ad? Maybe thirty bucks. Can, can I the entire run? Yeah. Can, wow. Can I? I don't want to be cruel. I'm going to be cruel for a millisecond because I know Awful Show was your baby. I could not listen to you guys live. Yeah, no, I hear that a lot. The post-production sounded good. The after-product was great. Listening to you guys live was so many guys trying to talk over one another in good quality, bad quality, worse quality. And granted, I was usually doing it while playing Xbox, so I've already got too many stimuluses going in the first place. I'm trying to shoot bad guys and listen to you guys at the same time, and I just had to stop. So what you what you, essentially what you're saying is, Cam, is you're coming into my home and you're insulting me. <laughs> no, I'm That's not essentially, essentially what you're what doing. What I'm saying to you is... No, just, one of the reasons why I stopped doing the Awful Show is because I couldn't stand doing it live. Right. I couldn't stand uh, the constant over-talking of one another... You're trying to keep a show going down a certain direction, and people just keep going with the same fucking bad joke over and right, over and over right, again. Right. I've had my I had my fill of hearing things being stuck up people's asses. <laughs> I had enough. Um, that going without saying, there's some really good uh, quality of that show in the in the post. Well, I I did get some uh, gold out of you know metric tons of shit. <laughs> right, but it is what no, it is. you did, and I really enjoyed that show. But when you guys went to broadcasting it live. I just couldn't take it after a while. So, I mean, post-production was great. The talent, you got, guys were talented and the stuff was funny and the stuff was topical. That, whatever one, was it Say It? When you got the girl in Australia to say, uh, you know, Venezuelan whatever, poo-poo viper. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite things ever. That was fucking hilarious. I mean, I was like falling off my chair. I miss Say Listening that to that. <laughs> and that was, was I mean, a lot of those calls were gold. So, just as a pure, tiny sidebar, mildly dickhead comment, live was tough to listen to. Post production was fantastic. Well, sorry that we couldn't keep. Sorry we couldn't keep you happy. Now. Right, my high standards of. The, I'm sorry of the, that we couldn't do that right, for you. The high standards of the chicken chick guy who won't, you know, start his own. Show, you know, sitting so. there, sitting there playing your Xbox, right, sitting there being the, high and mighty. Yeah, you know. thanks for sharing it with me. Like fucking five years later, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to harp over some bad shit. No, you know. No. You know, I, I just keep releasing all this stuff. You're you're, you're on a roll, right? Comic gold. I you just brought up about doing your own show. Why haven't you never started your own show? I've looked, as I mentioned to you again earlier before we went on to record here. I've looked at what it would cost, and it's just sort of like cost benefit analysis, killing creativity, investing. And I appreciate what you said to me, and I will certainly look into it. Buying a mixer, buying a little teeny tiny mm-hmm. mixer, and you know, vastly improving the production value. In the same breath, it's sort of, you know, how do I not rip off shows that are already out there? You know, how do I not sort of trample over ground that's already been done? Maybe you've already done it. Maybe Full of Sith's already done it. Maybe Mediocre Show's already done it. Maybe other broadcasts. Maybe 
and I'm going to bring him up for five seconds. Maybe Vomitus Prime did it once. There's the two-second shout-out to Vomitus Prime. Um, okay, but if Vomitus Prime had, let's say, 300,000 listeners, which, no offense, Vomitus Prime is a, is a vast Right, over it's, it's a multiplier. Shot. It's a heavy multiplier. Yes. They had about four. Um, but, and I was included. Done, there's millions of people in the world, and yeah. your, your mind is a different idea it's a different True. idea of like uh, for instance uh, we were we, we were recording uh pre-recording an interview for full of sith last night with brian truitt from usa today right and uh travis was in the studio and he brought up a question that we probably wouldn't have brought up with brian on the phone but but i told him to do it anyway because i wanted to see what brian had to say turned into the best part of the show okay and so now you have uh, brian concetta me and brian and travis now you have five people but every single every one of us had a different a different Take, thing to say, right. and so uh, that's uh, no offense to you, but that's a, a weak way to look at it. It's kind of a pussy way out. Yeah, well, it's a pussy way out. Everything's been done by Howard Stern. That's his way of motivating. Right. Thank you. Um, if you read the oatmeal online, he did a very good cartoon about you know the creative process, and you know in one frame it's a guy sitting there. It's like oh, I've got all this gold. I'm going to write this down. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be funny. This is going to be great. The next panel is 25 minutes later. I'm shit. This is shit. I don't like any of this. <laughs> that's that's me. So yeah, I'm sure that's everybody. Self doubt yeah. enters the equation. Certainly, um, the initial financial investment. But I, I I'll find a way to not go overboard about it. And I showed you the the crappy printouts of the stuff that I do at work. Why you was know, that with, crappy? I didn't think it was crappy one bit. Yeah, some of it's good. I think some of it's good. I think a lot of it's crap or it's been done. But it's still okay. Again, throw it against the wall to see if it'll stick. Again, so I'm, okay. I'm, here's an example. Jerky Boys right. did thousands of fucking prank calls. Yes. You had crank yankers. You have thousands of underground tapes of people right. doing prank phone right. calls. Has there ever been one Venezuelan poo-poo viper no, call? No, just you guys. Has there ever been where the kid calls about a Pikachu game and then tells the guy he shit his pants <laughs> in a man's <laughs> no, voice? True. That's never true. happened before. True. And if, I wouldn't, if we would have had that mindset that these have already been done... They would have never happened. Right. It's so you don't know what's going to happen until you turn the microphone on yeah. and see what comes out. Right. You have to find your uh, Venezuelan choo-choo poo-poo cockapa. Right. You yes, got to find thing. that. Yes. You got to find your own. It, it's oh. like a long time ago. I wanted long before it became popular. I wanted to do T-shirts. I thought everything that came out of my mouth was funny, ah. and or at least semi-creative. And I used to have a. I had a big long list of things. I used to, if you can tell, I didn't really do a lot of work at work. Yeah, ever. you say this. So Constantly. there was a big long list of t-shirt ideas. And I think I still have the word document somewhere. It's like snappy praise or snappy phrase, snappy, this funny picture, blah, blah, blah. And I went to my uh, buddy of mine who's much smarter, more business savvy. And I thought, can I make this work? Can I sort of have like a small time t-shirt company? There's so many online avenues to print t-shirts and come up with creative ideas that, you know, I could keep the cost down, so on and so forth. And he said, how long has the t-shirt been around? I'm like, I don't know, since the 60s, 70s. Has it gone out of style? No. There's your answer. There you go. If you want to do it, do it. Or, you know, shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, so. I actually, I like him saying that. Actually, I wish people would have more of a, uh, and I'm not the be-all end-all podcasting by no means. I'm not saying that. You're only cranking out three. Yeah, but if, uh, if I knew, uh, if people would have a little bit more of your mindset where they were a little more cerebral about it before just throwing right, something out there it. where you have five guys with a, uh, using a, uh, a computer internal mic in a in a in a fucking garage yeah. while five of them talk around it and that's the podcast maybe uh people need to be a little bit more analytical about it but i think so much you're too you're overdoing it sure 
get a fucking microphone, plug it into the computer. See what comes out? See what comes out. If okay. it's shit and you don't like it, don't do anything with it. Right. Do do five episodes. Don't do them one at a time and release them. Do five episodes and see what you come up with. If, yeah, if you're, you're stifling only- yourself, if if you're getting to a point where you're doubting yourself so much where you're just not acting on it. Yeah. Right. You're just if, not doing anything. If you're, if you're the only person that ever hears it, so what? At least you can hear it. And the other thing is, you ain't going to like it anyway because it's you. I hate every fucking thing I do. <laughs> I don't know I, why. I listen to every fucking thing I do. I'm like, oh my God, terrible. But that's just that's just right. my well, quality. Again, yeah. But you're in a you're in a a very good position where you know people that have been doing this right. for a very long time. There is Paul, there is me, there is Eric, there are people that you could say, hey, right. give this a listen. Give these four episodes that's a listen. That's what I did with Eric. Sounding with the board, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I said, Eric, is this bullshit? Is this hacky? You know, what do you think of it? That's exactly what you did. And he happened to like it. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, maybe I'll stop being chicken shit about it. I yeah. no promises. Yeah. Just because your your chin looks like a an unshaped pussy doesn't mean you have to act <laughs> like one. That is bad. Yeah, I gotta even this out. Seventies pussy. The yeah. beard looks bad. It needs to be shaped. It's big. It's big. It needs to be shaped. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, Nate walked in tonight, and Anya came out to me. He goes, "He's another you, Daddy." <laughs> no, there's only one you, pal. Uh huh. There's a fucking world full of me's. So. <laughs> I just think, uh, give it a try. Give it a try. Okay. What we're going to do, I want to ask you one more question. Certainly. And then you're going ha- to help us uh, finish this show out with some uh, stuff that we need to, to bang out, too. Certainly. Okay. Um, recently, a couple months ago, you told me that you, now you're 38 years old. Yeah. You recently told me that you found out you had a sister. Yes. I, I would love, if you don't mind. No, not at all. I would love to hear this story and how this uh, how this all came about. Um, like I told you a couple months ago. Every time, you, okay, just... Uh, behind the curtain, every time you say, well, I told you before, the show, mm-hmm. or I did, I'm fucking cutting it all out. Okay. So you don't have to tell me before I told you. Uh, there will be no more before I told you. Okay. Get it get it straight, Nate. Okay. He's killing the fucking- I'm killing the show. <laughs> he might leave us in just to- Maybe you shouldn't you do a fucking podcast. fucking prick. Don't you do a podcast, <laughs> yeah, you lousy bastard. Yeah, don't do a podcast. Sit at your fucking desk. <laughs> <laughs> Sit at your desk, post useless shit on Facebook, and fucking put you know, 72 Volkswagen buses up there every fucking day. See, we saved you the time. Yeah, we, we're see, telling you don't now, do a podcast. Exactly. This is, <laughs> now, now we're being the, the, right, the critiques. Right. Well, now you're critiquing me. I haven't even produced one minute of workable anything. Yeah. You fucking suck. I'm terrible. <laughs> Several, uh, over a year ago, right around this time, and my mom passed away in 2011. Sorry to hear it. Thank you. Again. Um, I got an email on Facebook out of the, comp- well, someone added me on Facebook, and she was from North Jersey, and I saw that one of her mutual friends is, my, my brother's my half-brother, but I don't call him my half-brother. So we have the same mother and different fathers. What do you call him, your brother? I call him my brother. Okay. Um, Were you guys raised together from, yeah. from small children? Yes. Yeah. Um, he's six years older than I am. So I saw that this woman had his father as a mutual friend, and I thought maybe this is a cousin. Maybe this is someone I have no idea who the fuck they are. And nothing came of it. I mean, people on Facebook are people on Facebook. I'm not going to go down this whole diatribe, but people add you for no fucking reason because they think they can get something out of you. Oh, hey, I've got an investment business, and I'd love you as a client. Fuck off. You know, that's what a, a bullshit group email is for. Yeah, there should be a fuck off button. Yeah, there would be Set very handy. Yeah. So she sent me a message and I never got it. And then she sent me another message saying, I guess you didn't get my first message. Oh, okay. So I'm reading this. And I will freely admit, like most people with Facebook, I'm reading this on the crapper. So <laughs> I'm reading this long, drawn out message. I'm your long lost half sister. 
you know, I found out through Barry, my brother's father, that Sandra, my mother, and Barry had a child, gave me up for adoption. I never knew about it. He tried to get in touch with me a couple years ago, and nothing came of it because my adopted father, who I thought was my biological father, intercepted all these letters that he wrote and told him that I wanted nothing to do with him, blah, 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 blah. Long story a short. complete mindfuck. Yeah, giant mindfuck. There's several mindfucks going on. I feel terrible for my sister because... I mean, she was researching genetic things that she thought her biological parents, who she thought were her biological parents, problems that they have. Yeah. And she's like, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. And then I find out these people aren't my fucking parents. Crazy. Yeah. So my initial reaction is I'm reading all this. I'm like, this is a fucking scam. I'm like, this is some fucking asshole who found out that my mother died. And this is some really oddball bullshit some piece of shit trying to take some, advantage exactly, of you. some piece of shit trying to take advantage of me at a, at a low time because it had only been is right around my mother's birthday she had only been gone for a couple well like five six months so maybe a little bit more and i call my brother and i'm like who the fuck is this person <laughs> who is this person what is this bullshit what's going on and i just hear a big sigh he's like no that's all true i'm like what the fuck are you talking about so at this point, you're just, mind's blown. Oh, mind's completely blown. You know, my dad brought this up a long time ago, and I sort of flushed it out of my head because I thought it was one of his bullshit, and I'll tell you a few side stories. Um, I thought it was one of his bullshit schemes or one of his bullshit ideas, and I just thought it was complete and under bullshit. He just wanted me to find this person because it's not really my sister. It's someone he knows or it's someone else's daughter or some other bullshit. So I flushed it out of my mind like 20 years ago. This is my brother talking. Yeah. And he said, you know, I told my old man, you know what? Screw you. Do your own fucking dirty work. I don't believe you. And I'll, there are some side stories to go with that. So when I call my brother and he says, yes, this is true. That's who this person is. You know, Barry and mom had a daughter before they had me. They gave her up for adoption and Barry found her again. So he shouldn't have, but he gave my sister, Judy, he gave her information about you and information about me and she reached out to us I'm like so i'm completely shocked and i, I understand that, i understand that people uh they're young they have kids they get scared they right. have the kid up for adoption right. but it, uh, that must be very hard that later in life when you're ready oh, for yeah. kids and you have another kid now you look the kid that you had in the be- to begin with that one's lost right and there's nothing you really can do the, about the it the biggest issue was that i, mean, I used to very, my brother and my mother and I are very, were and still are very sarcastic people and just nonstop sarcasm. So, I never got that. Yeah, I know. It doesn't come across. Um, that sounded sarcastic. No, no, what are you talking about? Shit. Shut up, Paul. Um, I see. It ages me. It's not just Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just picture him saying that right. while he's listening to the show yeah. at home. Fucking right. Paul. Fucking Paul. Anyway, so I used to break my mother's stones nonstop because she had a best friend who had two daughters and they were pure production value. All kinds of problems. Crazy boyfriend. Nonstop bullshit. Nonstop drama. Nonstop everything. My brother and I, piece of fucking cake. Like, no problems. No bullshit. No drama at school. Not much anyway. You know, no real problems. We didn't fucking wreck a brand new car or any bullshit like that. And I used to just be like, aren't you glad you had sons? Like, we're so uncomplicated. Like, we're so easy. It's just like, oh, we screwed up. I like this girl. She doesn't like me. What do I do? You know, nothing like that. Yeah. None of the complications that come with girls. Not that every girl is that way, but Most my mom's are. best friends, 
her her daughters are just fucking train wrecks. My four sisters are all fucking nuts. Then well, you, no, then, you under, not. then you understand where I'm coming from. I do. There's, there's some train wreck value. Yeah. So, and all these times I made these comments, my mother was like, oh, well, never once said, oh, by the way, don't talk that way because you have a sister. Yeah. And towards the end, when, you know, we knew it was going to happen. We knew she was going to pass on. She she lived the lie for so long, she didn't say a word to us about it. And I just, the thing that's still sort of chaffing my ass about it is that here's the time. and We, we were not going to judge you. We were not going to turn around and be like, Mom, how could you have done that? No way. Even if she did it 20 years ago, if she said, there's something I never told you. And 20 years ago, I would have been 18. So this would have been like, Really? I have a sister? Oh, that's fucking awesome. Is she cute? Does she have friends? You know? Yeah. Are they hot? They're 12 years older than me, but are they hot? So, never told us once and just chose to live the lie and never told us. So well, Maybe it was too painful for her to, I think so. to, to let it go. Yeah. The, other, the other thing is, is sometimes uh, if that was me, I don't know if I'd want to lay that baggage onto somebody else. Right. I mean, if you watch Benjamin Button, which I do like that movie, <laughs> okay, that that whole movie is this fucking lady fucking her kid up in the head. Mm-hmm. This is his whole life, and this is your dad, and he turned around and all this shit that she never knew about. Now she's dying. You're going to find all this out yeah. about your mother. She would have been better off not knowing any of that. Right. So, if it, you know, for me, if it was the sister reaching out and said, "Hey," as she has, right, I think that's I think that's a better way to find out than I, I just think that the, the, your mother didn't want to lay that on you yeah or and i'm not trying to talk bad about your mom sometimes people talk the lie so much and tell things oh, it, becomes the truth. So it becomes the it's truth the lie becomes the truth absolutely yeah. and that's that's what my brother and i have resolved is the case yeah that she told the lie long enough that it became the truth and she believed the truth and she you know it had been so long she's not going to interject herself into this person's life and yeah. suddenly be like oh hey by the way i'm your mom and i'm dying yeah i'm dying now so now and then know. the person's like well you yeah. don't want anything to do with right. my whole life you know i don't know if you want to reconcile now but you're running out of time yeah. so well maybe she she thought it was never going to be known no probably but you know she underestimated her first husband who's a complete asshole but that's another story now to to tie into it for a tiny bit this the schemes that my brother's father would pull He's old enough to collect Social Security, and he went through all this cloak and dagger shit where he wanted the checks sent to my brother and then sent to him in New Zealand. He's in New Zealand. He's a resident of New Zealand. Social Security doesn't care where you fucking live. They send you the money. Yeah. So all this cloak and dagger shit with that that he tried to get done, and finally my brother looked up the laws and we're like, you know, he doesn't doesn't even call the man dad. He calls him pop or he calls him his old man. And he's just like, pop, they'll mail it to you there. Don't fucking worry about it. My brother's father is a freelance writer, and he's self-published a couple of books. I don't even know if they're any good. (laughs) But he wanted my brother to pose as a publisher and go around to these book houses and be like, hey, I've got this book, and it's huge in New Zealand, and it's got an IBN number, blah, 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 blah. Here it is. He stole the IBN number. The IBN number is out of, like, a truck manual. (laughs) And... My brother Jason just, you know, back and forth an email with him is like, Pop, there, there's this thing called the fucking internet. I'm not going to go to these book houses and be like, oh, hey, I'm some publisher you've never heard of, and here's an IBN number, and uh, here's this great book that's a huge in New Zealand. It's going to be huge here. They're going to look it up, yeah, and well, they're going to find a fucking truck manual, not your book. And I'm not going to be the one looking like the asshole. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, I don't give a shit how much money you give me. I'm not going to hang my ass out there for your bullshit. Do your own dirty work. 
So, back to the point. I find out that I have a sister. I initially do not react well to it. And what do you mean, do not react well to it? You were angry? You were denying uh, it? To, uh, my oh, sister's in the wall? No. I just went out. I, well, first off, I come out of the crapper, and I look at my wife, and I go, you will not believe what just happened. <laughs> and she thinks you're talking about your shit. Yeah, exactly. Or she thinks, thinks something <laughs> terrible happened in the bathroom. And, what did you uh, eat, Nate? Yeah, what did you eat? What what, what happened? What, do we have Mexican? Nate, Nate, I've been in there after you. I can believe yeah, right. it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> nothing worse than I can imagine normally. So long story short, I come out and I'm like, you know that, that bullshit that I told you about where I thought this, this was some fucking con or some scam? No, this, Jason said this woman is legitimate. This woman is our sister. So she left me her phone number, my sister Judy, and I called her. And it probably wasn't the best time. It's probably awkward, too. Well, it wasn't even. I. What do you say? Hi, this is Nate, your brother. Yeah, this is Nate, your half brother. Um, well, she reached out to him. Right. But still, you have to say who you are. Yeah. Um, and I It adore, doesn't come up on her cell phone, I, Nate the yeah, Beard. Yeah, Nate the Beard, some dude in Pennsylvania. Or actually, with Jersey cell phone number. Um, yeah, what the fuck's up with that, by the way? I've had that forever, and I refuse to get rid of it. Um, I call her and I talk to her and I adore my sister. She's a very sweet person. She reminds me a lot of my mother and I have said that to her. She's not bad looking for 50. Good. Um, Do you have friends? Yeah. Okay, cool. I haven't seen any of them yet. I'll see them on Wednesday <laughs> or Thursday. I'm sorry. Well, these were the questions you had. Right. I just want to make exactly. sure that I knew Thurs- about it. Thursday I'm going Did after. Did you tell her about our show? <laughs> I might mention it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if she's a big podcast fan, but maybe we'll get her into that. So, I, I took this approach. With her, I took an amicable approach. That would be a first grade episode. Right, yeah. The reunion. Right. I took an amicable approach with reaching out to her after she reached out to us. Was that, This is another piece of my mother that's in the world, and she just left. Yeah. So all I want is the positive to come out of this. But in the same breath, I have nothing but vitriol for my brother's father. So And sometimes these, these things don't go well. well. They don't mix. So it's like, it's fascinating to to find this out, and I can't wait to talk to you more. And you know, you tr- apparently you travel a lot. When are you going to make it to the Philadelphia area? So on and so forth. But let me tell you what I know about your biological father, because I'm sure he's filled your head with half truths and his version of the story, which he had. And give me um, an IME number and ask you to go to a place right. Yeah, purposes. exactly. And the, the bullshit that he pulls and the stuff that he's done to Jason, his son. And the miserable fuck that he is. So, it. we came out of that conversation, and we talk on Facebook weekly, sometimes every other day. And her initial reaction when we started talking on Facebook after we talked on the phone was, you know, I really sensed a lot of, you know, anger in you about this situation, and I was kind of concerned about how we go forward. And I'm like please let me reassure you that all of the anger is for him. your father yeah. who you don't have the privilege of knowing very well yet. And you're an old enough person and you're obviously as well, you know, you're your own person. You can make your own decision. But in case you just wanted to know my opinion of him is he's a bastard. So, you know, run with that if you want to, but you know, formulate your own opinion. And she has, I'm just filling you in. So, you know, I'm just sort of warning you about, you know, he might tell you this story. That one's bullshit. So, and through a lot of research with my mom's family, I found out what the story was because, and I left this part out, I apologize. My initial reaction was, is that people knew about this and kept it from us. Really? 
that I thought my uncle, my mom's brother, and some close cousins, and a great aunt or a great uncle who would have been the appropriate age to know at the time that this was going on, my mother had enough sway in the family that my fear was is that she told them, my mother, to the rest of the extended family, if you mention a fucking word of this, I will disown all of you. And we will never come to any family thing. And I, will, I won't give a shit what happens to you. So everybody's living with this little secret. Yeah, that was my fear. And it, of course, it turns out that, no, they tried to bamboozle everybody. So I had to send this very well-scripted email. And I felt like a shit for doing an email. But, you know, how else do you bring something else? It's not like you're at a family barbecue and you go, oh, by the way, have you been hiding something for 50 fucking years? Yeah. Because um, hey, I found out about it. Cat's out of the bag. Um, so long story short, I sent out this email and my one cousin writes back to me and he's like, this is news to all of us. So, you know, I'm going to dig into my mom's diaries and other people's diaries that I still have and see what's up. And these people kept, <laughs> kept pretty good records of conversations and day to day life. Cause I guess that's what you did back then. Um, and found out that, you know, Barry and my mom come back and say, Oh, we ran off and eloped. So we're not getting, you know, we're, we're together. We're not having a big wedding on this nonsense. Come back a couple weeks later, a couple months later. By the way, we're pregnant. And then under the, you know, subterfuge of a miscarriage, say, well, we lost the baby. Meanwhile, they had the baby and they gave it up for adoption. Ah. So, so how is she with all this? She took it surprisingly well. And I've tried to put myself in her shoes because she was 49 at the time, turning 50 soon, and finding out, oh, by the way, you're adopted. So and you could take that as you don't know who you are, but in the other the other breath, you had your parents. They, right. they were your parents. They right. took care of you. Yeah. I mean, she'll always consider her adoptive dad her dad. Yeah. She won't consider her biological father anything that- Anybody can father yeah. a child. Doesn't right. make you a dad. Right. Exactly. So- She found out through your brother? She found out through her father. Through- Oh. So yeah, Barry got told her. Right. Barry okay. went to the trouble of- Barry has this network of friends, and I don't think these people know what he's really like, but- there must be some mystique about it. And he's very charming. He's extremely charming. But once you get past the veil of bullshit, it, you realize that he's a, he's, a, he's a schmuck, for lack of a better term. That's a good term. So he, through a friend, this woman, her son, is a private detective. And with said clues, found, you know, my sister found his daughter, found Barry's daughter. And reached out to her, circumvented the adopted father, because the adopted father put the, Jerry Eisenberg, put the kibosh, sorry, you can edit that out. Yeah. Um, the adopted father put the kibosh on that the first time Barry tried to reach out and said, no, she knows about you and she knows she's adopted and she wants nothing to do with you. So he gave it up. And then the thought is that with my mother passing, he suddenly felt nostalgic and thought, how much longer do I have on this earth? And, you know, I have a daughter out there who doesn't know me and I'm just so fucking wonderful. I should tell her about me. So that was his motivation. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he is the most narcissistic, egotistical prick on the fucking planet. And listen to those peace pop. Um, and it's the truth. I mean, if you have a pee phobia, I do. Yeah. Cause every time he goes in the bathroom, something fucking happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, you write this shit yourself? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Nobody a, else. If there's like a ghostwriter for this, you are fucking <laughs> underpaying that guy. Let me tell you. Um, how do I get his job? He's just a narcissistic bastard. And 
it is what it is. He, the only person he fucking cares about is himself. And as a bit of a narcissist myself, I sort of understand that, but I'm not, but no way to his level. I mean, I love the sound of my own voice. That's why I want consider doing a podcast. Yeah. You know, I think all my stories are amazingly fucking entertaining. And some of them are not all of them. And this guy is just so fucking full of himself that the only thing he cares about in the universe is him and how it affects him. So how much time have you spent with this guy? Uh, when we were kids, not much, because he was hardly ever around, because he was this traveling vagabond hippie, and he still pretty much is. Because you have such disdain for him. <laughs> what he put my mother through and what he put my brother through, because that's the, that's the kind of guy he is. It's, it all ends up being about him, and it all ends up being about how things affect him. And... And as you get older, you realize how bad it is. Oh, yeah. As a kid, you kind of get bits and pieces of it. Sure. But as you become an adult, oh, you realize, you become, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a real fucking douchebag. Yeah, once, yeah. You be, once you become an adult, you realize how awful he is. And it's funny, too, because he's a freelance writer years ago. I just remembered this. He wrote an article for Philadelphia Magazine about how he's traveled the world, but he misses Philly because this is where he grew up. And his wife and his son who he feels like he doesn't know anymore because the situation, you know, became that he didn't know what to do and he wasn't good at being a father and he made this mistake and now he wants to come back and his son doesn't know him and his ex-wife doesn't want to talk to him. No, dude, that's not the truth. That makes for a great story and a lot of people read it and a lot of people persecuted my mother over it. Because they believe what they read. Because they believe what they read. You only hear one side. It's in print. Yeah, Yeah, it's in print. But meanwhile... Meanwhile, the truth is that, you know, he left. He, she, my mother couldn't wait for him to leave and was like, what do you want? Just go. Go, get out, see ya. Don't, yeah. the, don't let had, the door hit you in the ass. You had all those years to make amends right. and you didn't. No, he's, yeah. he's a bastard. I don't want this whole conversation to be about how he's a bastard, but he's a bastard. So, so what's going to happen? We met my sister in September of last year. She came in and we spent two days together. And now, is there a hug when you first meet? Is there a handshake? Uh, what is there? Well, no, it wasn't a hug. My um, brother and I look a little bit alike. My joke used to be that I'm the milkman's son. He's the mailman's son. Um, <laughs> so, we st- I, I, mean, we sh- I think we shook hands, which okay. is sort of infirm. When she left, we hugged. Um, well, you had to get to know her. Right. Um, and it was, you know, she rolled up and look like the pictures and you know are you judy yes i'm judy and you must be nate and jason and uh you know we're going out to see her in texas on thursday all of us my wife my that's brother, awesome. myself to be their guest for thursday to sunday so we'll see how that goes does but, she have a family yeah she's got two kids of her own she's on her second marriage um she's got a good career what know. does she do if you don't mind no, um not your fucking business yeah, not your business Paul. what are you trying to hook I up with her just because you're the same age right Yikes! Nate's sister, leave her alone. Right. She's married. Can I? Um, can I? Can I date your sister, Nate? No. <laughs> um, her husband might have something to say about that. Um, they work. They do a lot of statistics for the academic world. They do. They have their own business. They do admissions analysis. Essentially, they have so many colleges and universities as clients, and you know, they look at their the demographic of the students coming in. And, you know, if they're not up to snuff, if a university says, how do we get more bright minds? 
how do we get more X demographic or Y demographic? What do we do? They sort of put together a plan for them. Okay. And say, if you want to attract these people, this is what you need to do. You need to yeah. sell yourself as such. Oh, actually marketing taped, and analytics. Yeah. I actually okay. taped a video right. deposition of a doctor that does that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got to be mind-numbingly boring math, but they seem to be making a, a career out of the it. The deposition so. was, yeah. It <laughs> right. was all charts and blinding. Sounds really interesting. Yeah. 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 No, Excel not really, but it pays the bills, I guess. Uh, yeah. No, I couldn't tell. Yeah. Really? I'm writing my own jokes still. That's good. Again, that ghostwriter. I want his job when he quits. <laughs> Can't have it. Okay. Sorry. So, well, you know, let us know. Send, send us a voicemail or something. Sure. Like, keep everybody posted on how, what's going on with right. Nate and his sister. I'm thinking of, I think Jack Nicholson, he was raised with a woman that was, he was, he thought it was his sister, but it was actually his mother. That's happened. I've seen that. Yeah. A couple and things. I think I tell you that one, and Bobby okay. Darren too, I think. Yeah. Had the same situation. That's a weird situation. Yeah. You're raised with you, you, what you think is your sister and it's actually your mom. Yeah. And she had you really young. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it takes all kinds. It's a crazy world. A lot of things happen. No, that's definitely a drama. Yeah, this is true. It's been a very interesting story. Well, yeah, you know, keep, it's keep, not keep, over. Keep us posted. Well, I'd love to know what happens. Keep going. All right. So what I'm going to do, let's go through some of these voicemails that have been sitting here for a couple of weeks and get these out of the way. You have something to add? All right, let's do it. <laughs> going to play some of these voicemails. There's something else I wanted to do, but I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, let's do Headset Joneses first. This was going to uh, be a show intro, but I decided... That it's fine for here. And goodbye, Cheshire Cat. It's a Jones out. That was to the point. So, there you Riveting. Go. You have a thing against Headset Jones? The younger members of the nation, and I, I, only because I'm a 38-year-old curmudgeon, I, I guess I don't remember being that young anymore. You don't remember being a goof? I, I don't remember being a goof. I don't remember, like, hooking my wagon to the things they're like oh it's so wonderful and i think like the, like the forums um it's so great oh well, i don't think you had existence. that outlet too no you didn't have no. podcasts to uh, call I, i've had a few back and forths with him on facebook on stuff it's been, i'm like i have shoes older than you yeah shut up there's a lot of there's a big difference yeah like you guys be, like be quiet just you know stop all right like, you know because Will's a little bit older than yeah, because Will's a little more of an adult. Well, a couple of years older, I think two. But here's Cuz Will. Enough. Hey guys, it's Cuz Will. I was listening to the last episode, and Paul was talking about different old movies where you see actors before they got real big. Um, a fun one for that is Never So Few. It's a World War II movie that starts stars uh, Frank Sinatra and Steve McQueen before Steve McQueen was, you know. Uh, Steve McQueen. Um, he was always Steve McQueen. It's uh, yeah, set much. in Burma. Fucking kids. It is really campy, <laughs> but it's still still pretty good. Um, and I enjoy it. Hope you guys have a great show. I've Bye. never seen that one, but that reminds me of an old Elvis movie. Bullet. Kit, no. <laughs> Bullet the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, Elvis <laughs> did that. But no, it was called it was called Kid Galahad, where he played a boxer. Yeah, and his trainer was Burgess Meredith, Charles Bronson. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, I don't remember. I've heard of the movie. I never. Okay, seen an it. actor in a movie that I just noticed today. Uh, me and Anya watched Evolution. 
this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Dunphy from uh, Modern Family, the father, the the guy that's married the the Ed O'Neill's daughter. Yeah, one of the main characters. He's in that movie as one of the higher military officials. I don't see that working, but okay. He is. Method, I'm, I'm, method I'm, actor. Yeah, I'm watching like, that's fucking Phil Dunphy. So that actually freaked me out. Another classic movie I was thinking of, which is one of Jeff Weiss's favorites, is Diner. Yeah, Diner's got a lot of people in it. Diner's got a lot of people in it. Yeah. Um, what's his face? He's uh, famous for being a screw up now. Um, Mickey Rourke. Yes, thank you. Mickey Rourke. There's a lot of people in Diner. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon, Tim Daly. There's a, there are a lot of people in that. Ellen Barkin. Yep. Daniel Stern. There's a big cast. There's a very big cast. That went on to have great careers. What movie did you say? Diner. Diner which is actually a oh, very yeah, good Diner, movie. Yeah. Yeah. But they were all very young actors at the time yeah. when they made I guess it. because you were old enough to remember Diner. And, and Paul Reiser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw it in the movies. Like, I, 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 I remember Diner too. When Diner came out, when I mean, when I saw Diner, they it's were already Mike. they were already actors. You know, it was eighty two. Yeah, yeah, but I saw Diner like in yeah. the late eighties. They were already right on VHS. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. there were people already knew. I wasn't shocked by the magic of Hollywood, Paul. Are there any older movies that you could think of with what people that are in other stuff that were? Yeah, that everybody were, starts off in some fucking movie. Well, <laughs> you know, it's one way of putting right. it. Yes, right. Everybody starts somewhere. Do you okay. see that one circle of how many actors have porn tied to their beginning? Oh, yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone, Cameron Diaz, a few others. Really? Cameron Diaz? Maybe not Cameron Diaz, but I think it was Cameron Diaz or, or the other space-eyed Emma Thompson, whatever freaky-looking one it is. Um, well, Stallone was a mugger in that Jack Lemmon film. No, Stallone's in Bananas for two seconds. Is he in Bananas? Yeah, he's in Bananas. He, it's he, a Woody Allen movie. He hustles yeah. Woody Allen off the train. Oh, Bananas is such an underrated movie. I haven't seen that in so long. There was just a thing on, on online the other day. It said Stallone has had a number one movie in five decades. I don't know how, but yeah. I don't even know how, because he's not that. I mean, he's in the 60s, but... I, I feel bad for Stallone now. I cannot wait to see the deterioration of him medically. That's coming. It's coming. And his face doesn't move anymore. No. So you're never going to know what's wrong with him. Nope. He, he could be at a restaurant having a coronary. And like, sir, sir, what's happening? I can't move my face. Yeah, no, so, he hasn't been able to do it for quite some time. It's disturbing. All right. Um, Carrie calls in. Hey, Mike. Paul, how are you? This is uh, Carrie. Uh, brings a uh, husband. I just uh, wanted to uh, thank you guys so much. Um, it meant so much to her and me. Uh, I mean, it's fucking amazing that uh, you would take I me, mean, you would spend so much time and effort and uh, on somebody you've never even met. I think that when we called Bryn after the show last week, after I mentioned her dog grooming business, yeah, I think this is what he's talking about. We didn't really spend that much time, uh, Carrie. I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing. And, uh, well, I don't know how to thank you enough. No, I think we spent a good uh, amount of time and, uh, promoting our business. Love the show and uh, uh, yeah, what a wrap it up, Kerry. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed this uh, part, so we really appreciate. I haven't it a gotten lot. that far it in the really, show. Really means a lot. That was okay. Stuff. Well, thank you, Kerry. No problem. That's nice that he uh, recognized it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for thanking you. Yeah. Let's see. Doug in Madison, I believe. Hey, guys, this is Doug from Madison. There you go. Uh, first, I really want to thank Kat for all she's done. I mean, from the awful show to obviously... Oblivion. What exactly has she done? You uh, let me know. You let me know. And I hope she gets back into podcasting someday. Uh, second, 
I wouldn't count uh, on I it. I really think your prank phone calls would be a great thing to bring back. And I have a suggestion for one. Uh, it might be kind of hard to explain. But uh, if you guys call a random business and guess a person's name that works, like, for example, oh, this is an emergency. John, it, i got to talk to John right away. The first person that can actually guess an employee's name and get him on the phone wins. All right, guys, love the show. Take care. Well, it would make that hard if you called, like, a, a hospital. Ros- Roscoe's no, House no, of Waffles no, or whatever. No, I think, I think you should be forced to call places in the South yeah. and give a very ethnic name. Yeah. Like, can we, speak Mandingo to, there. can we speak to Budapom? Budapom needs to be put on the phone right now. Well, he has this listed as his number. Yeah. Something like that might have a little more Yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy about the idea of saying it's an emergency. Yeah, that too. I don't like jerking people. You know, you don't like have to that. say emergency. You gotta say, "Hey, I gotta talk to my brother." That's fine. Right. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, he called back. I think he had to. He had to yeah. fix his call. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mike. This is Doug from Madison again. When I suggested calling around the business and asking, uh, you know, hey, is John there? Where I really think you would show your magic is if you actually get John on the phone. What the hell are you gonna tell him? Uh, Okay, take care, Mike. I think that's where the beauty of it comes because a lot of those games like Say It and Price Check wasn't necessarily winning the game. It was the me trying to keep them on the line afterwards is where most of my funniness, most of the stuff that I found funny. Um, Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate because doing this show, Kat was adamantly against doing any kind of prank phone calls. Who? But she would listen and laugh at them. Yeah, but she had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. I mean, depends on who you're calling, but I'm for it. I think people should send in more ideas because, uh, quite honestly, it, to, to go forward with this show, my my main uh, goal has been do the interviews and make sure we get those done. You know, well, you have them scheduled and have you know, and it's, and it's a popular thing. And in weeks that we're not doing interviews to do a show, but that would be a segment that I would certainly have a lot more fun doing. So. It's it's food for thought, and I've said it like five times in the last two days. I must be I must be starving. Food for thought. Yeah, Bear from Wisconsin calls him. Hey, obviously, Olivia. Thanks, Bear Doug. Um, I'm, I have kind of a complaint and kind of a what What do you think about the situation? It's bullshit. Um, I'm a special education teacher, and I was just wondering, um, your opinion on kids today. Um, recently on Friday, where I where should I fucking start? Base broad brush. Um, ended up getting a black eye. From um, in the last, I want to say in the last month, I pulled off of, I pulled two knives off of my students. And I've also pulled off the drugs, and then I've also pulled off um, handcuffs and other uh, other. The weapons. world needs ditch diggers, I understand buddy. I work with a high population, but it just seems like there's an increase in just student population with just what are the parents doing? What are the kids doing? I don't know, but it just seems like. We're taking the brunt force of this as teachers, and I don't know. I I know there's some negative ne- negativity towards teachers, but I just want to know yes, what you guys is. think. Is it, is it a generation or what? So, yeah, thank you, and I love listening. Bye. Yeah, it is a generational thing. Parents these days are fucking shit. <laughs> And they didn't want their kids. They didn't want their kids. Yeah. And they, they and they're they're raising broken fucking people. Yeah. So they don't want to be around the kid. They don't want to deal with any of the kids' problems. They don't want to they don't want to be parents. And they uh, throw the kids outside and let them play until the lights come uh the till the street lights come on and that's pretty much it. If the kid does something bad at school, they they don't care. And you should be understanding 
up to a point. They uh, send if their kids. Yeah, they they push their kids off to different uh, activities around the city or to school to get away from the fucking kids. They say let the school district handle it. Let this that the church handle whatever. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of people that don't want to deal with their fucking kids, and it is a generational thing because uh, I've been saying for for many many years now. Um, this fucking whole generation is a bunch of pussies, and they're weak, and they don't want to do anything, and they have these kids, and they don't want to do anything with them. And now I'm rambling, but no, uh, it's unfortunate that you're in you're in special ed, and and you're. I mean, I <laughs> let me say that again. It's not unfortunate <laughs> that that's a career path you chose. I know you're very proud of it, and what you do is is important. Uh, it's unfortunate but that you have to deal the with situations these that are coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um. Uh. But there are some shitty teachers out there too. So it's it doesn't it does go both ways. Yeah, but when when the school, when kids and students become violent, okay, you can be understanding and try to control it up to a point. But yeah. if they continue to be an asshole, okay, they you have to show them the consequences of that. Yeah, but the problem is, is that with this pussy society we're in now, it's all oh well, you know, you mean every, the political all correctness these fucking of bleeding hearts about oh well, you got to do everything you fucking get sooner or later. Yeah, kick him in the ass and say, get the yes, fuck out of here. That's what they need. No, you tough, need more of that. Yeah. Tough love has gone by the wayside a long time ago. You need you need no more uh, stand, stand By Me, the movie with uh, Morgan right. Freeman where he's, uh, they used to call me Crazy Joe, now they call me Batman. Batman yeah. I actually went to high school with the, the girl that cries in that. Uh, really? Karen White, yeah. Are you serious? Yes. That's crazy. I went to dramatic high school that's cool. with her. Yeah, yeah. No, but anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I she, she gets pregnant, I think, in, yeah. the, in the film. Yeah. yeah. They, they need to, uh, they, tough love. Tough love, and in the same breath, I'm going to apologize in advance. I've got a heavy bias against teachers, and maybe I don't want to apologize in advance. You chose this path, and just like anybody else who makes any decision where it suddenly turns to crap, you want to turn around and blame all sorts of other kind of things. And you can. You're well within your rights. Uh Uh-huh. But for me, the sympathy ends pretty quickly with teachers. You've got a pretty good gig. Parts of it are going to be complete crap. Well, guess what? Parts of everybody's job. Yeah, because I don't want to. I, would, I wouldn't want to deal with other people's kids. Right. So, you know, you chose. But you this get three path. months off in the summertime. Yeah, you get your summers off, and don't cry to me that you don't make your money because guess what? You can have your pay yep. segmented so that you get paid year round. Yep. But you just love being rich during those months that you're working, and then. Right on the back of the trash truck or work at Wawa or pick up a job at, you know, Barnes and Noble for three months in the summer or complain and cry. It gets snow days too. I don't get fucking snow yeah, days. No, when it snows, I go to work. I work for a health system and we act like we're a hospital. And as I used to love to crack the joke, you know, Dr. Nate needs to be here today because there is a brain surgery happening yeah. and I need to be there to supervise. Right. No, no. I need to sit at my desk and look and at Volkswagen's on eBay and write yeah. lists yeah. of mildly entertaining crap. So To you. To me, at least. So, yeah, the t- the teacher sympathy, if I could spit the words out, only goes so far. So, yeah, dude, I get it. It sucks. And I applaud you for being in special education because that is even worse. You have to have a heart in the right place to want to do those kinds of things because there are people who don't want to do those kinds of things. And, yeah, you're, it's, it, you've gone. It's a ship break. It's a, it's a tough road all of a sudden. It's Parents are, you know, not parenting anymore. There's a great comic that's been surfing around the internet where, you know, the problem 50 years ago is the first panels and you see the parents and the teachers in unison looking at the kid going, how do we fix the problem? You need to help us fix the problem. And then a panel to 50 years forward to today's time 
where it's the kid sitting there with a smug, shit-eating grin on his face, and the parents looking at the teacher going, well, how do we fix this? This is your fault. Yeah, no, so, it's absolutely true. You know, you you either go in on your shield or you come back without on it. it. Yeah, yeah. on it. So, hey, maybe it's time to look at a different school district. Maybe the, other, the other thing is, as far as kids go, now I know I have a daughter, and she's very well-behaved, and, and little girls are easy, people say. Sure. But... uh I know a lot of little girls that are in her class that are constantly getting in trouble. And right. I know a lot of little easy. girls in the world that get in trouble all the time. They're not as easy as everybody makes them out to be. However, um, I'm on the kid's ass constantly. She's a good kid, and I'm on her ass constantly. Right. Well, it starts with the parenting. And there's a really reason does. why. Because everything that she does outside of this house reflects me and her mother. And if she went to school and she was acting like she was acting bad, it reflects us that we, that's something we allow. When we go out of the house together as a family, we go do something. She knows that what is acceptable and what isn't. And if she would act a certain way that goes against those things, there are repercussions. And that's the, the main thing in today's parenting today. Uh, they take a kid somewhere. The kid's acting bad. And they say, hey, we're going to leave. I'm going to smack you. I'm going to take away your toys. I'm going to do this. They all It's all hidden threats. Right. Nothing ever happens, and the kid goes, oh, nothing ever happens. Well, yeah, if you don't follow through. I can do whatever yeah, I want. can do whatever they want. There was yeah. one time, and she was like three years old. Her and Ariana went to the store, and she was wanted something, and she was acting like a, she was being bad about it. And Ariana said, if you don't calm down, we're leaving. She had a, a cart full of food, and Anya said whatever she said, and Ariana said, okay. And she put the cart off to the side, picked up Anya. They left. They never went back for the food. And it was the last time, because she... Right then, she understood something's going to happen that right. I don't want. There happen. are repercussions, so that's the problem. So, but being in special education, I mean, some of those kids don't know what they're doing. So that's unfortunate. So secretly, dude, I don't begrudge you because you're a teacher, but I hate teachers. So shame on you. <laughs> you hate teachers. I hate you're teachers. Just a, a white brush like that. Well, a white here's, brush? here's the, and, and I've made comments. You know, you're painting with a broad brush because he's talking about kids. What's wrong with kids today? We, you could spend hours on end. I don't, understand, I don't understand why you want to start a podcast. You have nothing to talk about. <laughs> I have about. nothing to say. I have nothing interesting to say at all. Heard so, it all before now. Right. Yeah, it's all been done. That's a song, I believe. Yeah. Um, Bare naked ladies. Yes, thank you. Uh, a lot of my friends' wives are teachers, and I will not be telling them to listen to this podcast. Um, or they're in an educational field. I'll post it on her Facebook page. Right. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Um, and... There's a teacher sense of humor. It's just like the cop sense of humor, the firefighter sense of humor. It's kind of warped. And, you know, just like the world needs bad lawyers, the world has bad teachers, too. And the world has bad everything. Exactly. And there are some there are people out there who sort of wrap themselves in this heroic cape of, well, I am a teacher and an educator. No, you're not. You wanted your summers. It's the line from Breakfast Club. No, you're not. You wanted your summers off. Yeah. And then you found out it was a job and you thought it sucked. So, well, it's the same thing with nursing. I mean, there's... There's women that and men that work over at Ariana's Hospital. I'm sure your hospital, right. your health system. Health I'm sorry, system. they don't yeah. say hospitals anymore. Sit down. And, yeah, Nate, sit the fuck down. <laughs> sit down. I woke it up again. <laughs> I can't believe he stood up like I that. Really gotta, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I really got to fucking watch himself. Yeah. No, um, if you have to go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, and Just take the mic into the bathroom. Naked gun style. That court card is actually, that court is long enough. But anyway, there's a lot of nurses that took the job just for the money. Right. And they're they're taking care of people poorly just because they're there for the money. And they bitch about the job and they hate it. And there's, fortunately, there's people like Ariana that love the job and deal with all the shit because she wants to help people. It's it's every it's everything. 
Um, That's the worst in healthcare when somebody's oh, yeah. ambivalent about it. Yeah. Oh my god! We're going to get to healthcare in a second because I have some. We're going to talk about uh, our downs this week. Okay, and we're going to get that in a second. I got to play Izzy's voicemail real quick, and then we'll be done. Well, obviously, boy, this is busy rock. Let me know that I'm sad to hear that Chad has left you, but I'm sure that Mike and Paul will carry on the torch, and uh, I, I appreciate all the content that you guys put out. Chad, uh, you will be missed. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't want to say anything bad about Cap, but you're the second person in the studio that's kind of had rumblings about Cap. Uh, nah, we're not going to go there. Well, no, no, no. How do I provide this with your daughter in the room without seeming like a complete and utter pig? Too late. Too late. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> Cap provided boobs. Um, and, I don't think that. Yeah. She, she's brilliant. And she's a very nice person the one and only time I met her. And she certainly offers an interesting perspective. But in the same breath, are you going to miss her terribly on the podcast? There's sort of like, you know, part of the conversation from the last episode that I heard some giggling, some laughing at the jokes, some, you know, like, you shouldn't say about those people, but I'm going to laugh at you when you say it about those people. Sort of, you know. Well, more talent than production. Sort of the conversation we had earlier about definitely talent, not production. So, like, once yeah, once once in a while, talent goes stale. Or and not that she was stale by any stretch of the imagination, but she served her purpose and she's moved on to other things. And well, maybe she'll come back, but not to this show. Not to this show. <laughs> um, you will certainly plug on without her. And Kat, I'll apologize in advance since you're probably going to listen to this. Um, I got so many fucking co-hosts. What's another? Yeah, what's another? It's like my line on mediocre show this week. I got so many listeners like my pubes. I just fucking trim them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm the gray one. (laughs) No, I I I always thought, and I'll I'll say it to to the uh, to the end. Um, If uh, Cat was laughing at something I said, I I knew at least somebody else was laughing. So that 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 served a purpose for me, and I don't think she was purposeless. I just think that sometimes with Cat. Uh, I don't think she was. I don't want to say she was. I want to say she was ignorant, but she was very bullheaded about certain things, and and uh, she was young and wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> I never caught that. What I show? sort of caught. Sorry, I'm cutting you off, Paul. I'm sorry, but what I kind of caught from the dynamic that she brought was just a little bit too much of a, a sort of being aloof. Yeah, just a, just a touch. Well, and, eventually, and maybe went that, that and, route, and to not sound like a complete and utter pig as a man, but I'm going to because I'm a man, once again, oink, oink, it's sort of like, okay, the diamond has lost its luster and it doesn't shine like it used to and I'm just kind of, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here for the long haul. Uh, can I go? Well, I could be, to- be totally wrong. But and if I'm totally wrong, tell me I'm totally you don't, wrong. You don't think that after a hundred episodes of me constantly being on her ass that that would get a little old for her? A wonderful person like you? You must be you, kidding. You don't think that that would wear, I mean, I'm charming, for a little while, uh, just but like, even Paul now. I mean, it's only been what forty, maybe forty episodes you've been doing this show. And I'm already. I can see in your eyes. I get. There's several times a night where you go, "You're fucking just all my ass about everything, Mike." Well, yeah, I am. Yeah, I yeah. am. That's me. well. The thing with the thing that's about my, the movie. All humor. I did was ask you if you know of a movie where there were a fucking people ad, before they you think? became I don't famous. Watch movies anymore? Right. No, I don't want that answer. I want an answer of an actual movie well, and actors. Well, I'm not here to fucking entertain you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the lie is from Cat that actually right. yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the beginning of the end for me. Uh, yeah, that's no. when we, that's when we're looking down. <laughs> right. I'm like, um, okay. Uh, that's when the roller coaster was, was facing downward. But I'm not here to entertain you, Paul. I'm here to entertain everybody else. Right. Everybody okay. else but you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, obviously I'm wrong. I like Cat. I do too. But I think Cat 
checked out. So yeah, she had other it, things to do, but we were willing and to life, work on it. But life is going to do that. I mean, she is. She's got a lot going on. So no, not really. I mean, she's, <laughs> she has no real pets. right. No, no life. <laughs> Nothing else. Let, let's not. Let's not fucking point. Right, the Krispy Kreme challenge and some school. Fucking exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> so no, she has uh, grad school and all that stuff coming up. So no, it is what it is. Um, low points of the week. Well, first of all, this is a high point in my week. Paul put together, um, remember, I don't know, did you ever hear the episode where I sang the Duda Douchebag theme? No. Okay. Do, do you know the Duda Douchebag theme? I do not. All right. Do you listen to this show? Occasionally, yes. Okay. There's a Duda Douchebag theme, and here, and uh, I'll play it. Uh, here it is. This is the Duda Douchebag theme. Dude douchebag. Is he a dude or just a douchebag? Well, what happened was iTunes wasn't working right, and I couldn't find the file for Dude to Douchebag. So Paul put together one. I sang my own theme, and he put it together with some music, and I heard this tonight, and this made me laugh <laughs> actually a lot. So here it is. Of course, iTunes isn't working again. He's a dude. He's a dude. Dude, dude, douchebag. Dude, 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 yeah, that's gold. Oh, that that's, fucking tickled me. That's gold. <laughs> that's a high for me this <laughs> week. Mike. That, that made you laugh. That fucking was good. That made me laugh. So that's my high. Any high for you guys this week? Nate. Uh, well, I guess it's pretty. Came up to obviously oblivious. I came up to obviously oblivious and whined about how I'm not creative or funny. Um. I managed to make a very minor repair on the Jeep and not screw it up completely. And, uh, Good for you. Yeah, I managed to follow the instructions, pull the lens off, change the bulbs in the back so they don't have to be aimed in any particular direction. And your people aren't very well known. No, for their... we're not known for being great. We're great workers. We're just not great engineers. Yeah, you're not, we, the, not yeah, the engineers. We, could, we didn't design the pyramids. We just build built the, the pyramids. Fucker, yeah. You just can't. We yeah. put them up, but don't ask us how it works. Yeah, exactly. What Doctors and lawyers in Hollywood. What about you? Well... My high would it comes from last week when you gave me the news that John Hatton had actually listened to some of my music. Yeah, that you emailed him. He loved it, and he said he liked it. And to get positive feedback from a professional was very exciting to me. That's good, and I appreciate that very much. I was fucking lying, <laughs> and I I thought you were <laughs> fucking ruin your week. There, there's your low of the week. There's your low of the week. I'm getting <laughs> no, exaggerated. Lying. Well, all week I felt good, so that that was worth it, even if it is a lie. I'll say my low of the week, and it's funny you bring up John Hatton because he actually posted on this post on Facebook that I put up. Ariana came home this morning from work. Worked a 14 hour shift last night. Uh, worked a 14 hour shift last night, saving lives. Worked a 14 hour shift tonight, saving lives. Uh, she's at work. She. She has her, her phone with her, her iPhone with her, always, just in case something happens at home or whatever. They have their, their individual desks outside the room. They can't take the phones in the room with them, so all the nurses put the phone back at the computer monitor and leave it there. It's supposed to be the hospital. It's supposed to be safe. Around uh, 6.30 this morning, her iPhone goes missing. Mm. So uh, one of her friends uses the Find the iPhone app on their phone because she can't get a hold of me because we're home sleeping. And they find that the phone isn't at the hospital anymore. It's driving through Reading, and it's moving through Reading. And then she gets home, and I look for it on the app, and it's down near Pottstown, and it's back in Reading. Or what? What did you want to tell me, honey? Just tell me. You forgot about the rest Reading. It was it was at Reading, and then it went back up, and it was heading west Reading. That's right. I did forget that. Thank you for telling me. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So it came down from from Pottstown. It's through West Reading. It's into Reading. 
And then, uh, you know, I, I hit the thing and I told them, I want my wife's phone back. I'm tracking the phone. If you don't, here's my number. If you don't call me back, I'm going to send the cops, you know? And it's, I think the first one was, I please can I have my wife's phone back. I'll give you a reward for it. Well, I guess the, they got, they got worked up. They got scared. They turned the phone off. So now the phone hasn't been seen since eight, mm-hmm. eight o'clock, this, eight twenty-three this morning. So she's upset. She's worked up that somebody took her phone and she feels so bad because we're going to have to replace the iPhone. And they, you know, they're not cheap and uh, she's really worked up and she has to sleep because she has to go to work tonight. So she can go to work and have something else stolen from her apparently. Um, but uh, so I call AT&T this morning right after all this is happening. And I say, uh, I want to report, report a stolen phone. Well, our, all our systems are down right now. We're doing a system upgrade. And I said, you can't help me in any way. No, there's nothing we can do right now. We'll call you back at 12 when everything's back up. Guess it'd be about three. I call back in AT and T. Yeah, the system's been up for hours. They didn't call me back, and the guy goes, "Oh, I can't believe they didn't call you back." So we put a block, we put a suspension on the account, and we put, um, I guess, something with the IM IE number. Where if it even say they try to use it on a different network, it flags it and bricks it. That phone will never be able to be used anywhere but on my account. So. The unfortunate thing for somebody else out there is they're going to buy this phone on Craigslist and they're not going to be able to do something with it. Um, but the, yeah, the, the, definitely the low of my week is is all this horseshit with her phone because um, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's unrealistic to be at work taking care of somebody in your family that they're fucking dying and she's keeping them alive and then you steal her phone. I think that's fucking low. That's the lowest of the fucking low. Yeah. So, and the There's fact the- that even if even if. You find out the phone's not going to be working for you anymore. You fucking man up and say, hey, I'm going to drop it off at the West Reading Diner at the counter. You can pick it up or I'll drop it in the no, mail. If they're going to steal it, they're not going to be considered. So no, they're just going to fucking like throw that. it in the dumpster yeah. or whatever like that. And yeah. now all the pictures are on there for the kid that she had that she liked. It's a, such a big Reese's, part of your we life. Took a, a bunch of pictures of Reese's. They're all gone now, too. So right. it's, it's horseshit. So yeah, phones are a big part of our lives now. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. that is very crappy. And I actually after seeing that post, I put that app on my phone just in case. Yeah. So. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I shut it down. It's, it's a lot. Nothing's going to happen to it. There should be an AIDS app so you could just activate <laughs> give it. Give AIDS to the, the person who steals your phone. Yeah. yeah somebody, somebody said something about it. It's un, uh, Susie said it's unfortunate you can't uh, blow the phone up right. remotely, which is nice. But I would love, just love to fucking brick them in the face mm. instead of bricking the phone. Yeah. I would love to fucking find the person. And I'm not a violent man completely but i would love to fucking wrap my hands around <laughs> you, fucking like for a believer in violence like however. That qualifi- fire. <laughs> it's uh, completely yeah completely it's yeah. The, the the old sam kinnison line i don't understand spousal abuse exactly or, right there. Or, but, but i'll do it or something like that <laughs> i won't hit a woman but i'll shake the shit yeah, out of Chris her Rock line. yeah i love that one so lows anybody have any lows you too uh one low is i think i have to break up with the woman that cuts my hair why? What'd she do? You notice I still have my hat on. She cheating with you? She fuck up your hair? Let me see it. No, it's not that bad. She she just cut it a little too short in the front, and mm-hmm. I. But she's done it right before, you know. And I've been to her several times. She's I request her. She's just having a bad life. Well, let I me think. go. Give her one more chance, Paul. No, I've given her. This oh, is well, maybe the fifth. fifth well, then you said, well, now shame on you. After the second time. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No. 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 This is. This is the. Maybe the second time she she cut it to a little too short. Okay, it's not bad. It's just a little too short, shorter right. than I like. Well, well, if that's the worst thing that happened to you this week, uh, no. <laughs> actually, another thing is that uh, in work, my concentration isn't that great. You got? You know, I can't say the name uh, because that. there's a lot of distractions around. You know, it's it's a lot of joking mm-hmm. and playing around at, at work. Boys club. 
Yeah, it's a little bit of a boys but, club. It's four is, guys. And I got two different types of music playing in one cubicle in front of me and another one to the right of me. Uh, Dueling cubicles. And a lot of snarky comments and stuff like that. And, and you come here and you get a bunch of snarky comments. Well, here I expect. Yeah. And I'm not trying to process transcripts. That's and true. I'm not trying to send out emails to clients. So I'll, I'll make little mistakes. And it's like, I can't believe I sent it out like that. You know, nothing, nothing, nothing like I sent something to the wrong client or anything like that, but I'll forget something in the subject line or, you know, the file might be a little incorrect. <clears throat> yeah. And it's like little bullshit mistakes that it, I've been there uh, eight months. I shouldn't be making these mistakes anymore. Ah, shit happens. So it gets a little, yeah, it shit happens, but it gets a, it's Maybe a little disheartening. And you yeah, don't have you to do anything. Right. Come in where I work and do nothing because it doesn't that make the environment fun. The environment is very fun. Don't and, don't look fun in the mouth because don't get to a point in the mouth. where it's distracting sometimes. You yeah. know, well, you, you suck it up a little bit, you try a little harder, and then yeah. you enjoy the fun. The yeah. environment that I'm in, where I refer, there's first off, there's the Y chromosome club because I'd say 95 percent of the office is women, so you can imagine how much fun that is. And that's uh, like my office. Unfortunately, <laughs> I also refer to it as the land of the blind, where the one-eyed man would stab out his eye with a fork because they're all haggard old failures or incredibly unattractive women. Again, I'm being a pig. I apologize. Oink, oink. Um, yeah, there was a rash of really attractive hires a couple of years ago, and they're all gone. <laughs> I went from a hospital to a health system. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I've always been in an ancillary service. I'm nowhere near a hospital. I'm in an office somewhere. Yeah. Though we, we do have care in the building as well. Oh, it's just, you would think nurses. It'd be a land for attractive women. Or just uh, out of all the women that are in healthcare, there'd be a nice percentage of very attractive women. You would think that, but you're absolutely wrong. Yeah, I, think, I know. I think the whole time Ariana's been working in, in her unit and at that hospital, we used to go in for, for lunch to hang right. out with her, right. and three of a hundred yeah, might be really young, rough. nice, cute young girls. So. Well, we, we, I mean, the ratio is there are more women in my office okay. than men. And there's a nice ratio of attractive women in my office. Well, there's a ratio of there's a lot but more ugly women. They're hooked up. They're married. That's the mark of a good-looking woman. She's taken. Yes. That's and part if of she's it. not, there's something fucking wrong right. with her. She's right. got seven cats and a problem. <laughs> so, did you have any bad things to talk about? Not really. I mean... <laughs> You're just a happy guy. I'm, I'm just the happiest go lucky guy you ever meet, uh, which is a load of crap, but... Um, no, as a full-on pessimist slash glasses always has empty kind of guy. Uh, no, I have nothing major that leaps out. Okay, good. Well, we're going to end it there. I'm going to play a promo for a podcast out in Salt Lake City. If you listen to the Geek Show podcast, uh, it's like the Geek Show podcast, except it has all the white chromosomes. It's all ladies on this uh, Geek Show type podcast. It's called Hello, Sweetie, and uh, you can listen to the promo right now. I'm Rebecca. I'm Danielle. I'm Crystal. And I'm Cherry. And if you like your geek news with a bit of a twist, then you'll love Hello, Sweetie! Hello, Sweetie! podcast brings you the latest and greatest geek news and information from an all-female panel. We'll bring you the most recent information about movies, TV, comic books, music, video games, roller derby, pop culture, and more. Subscribe on iTunes and like us on Facebook. For your weekly dose of geek culture from a female perspective, tune in to Hello, Sweetie! Danielle, get back in the podcast! That's racist. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, check them out. Please, uh, 
Jerry's a really nice girl. We've been talking back and forth on Facebook, and I'm very happy to uh, to have met her and uh, support her show. And I know she want, they want to play some stuff from our show, and I do. I have to get her a, a promo. I'm a bad person, but I don't really promote my shows. I'm just how I am. And while I say that, let me promote my shows. <laughs> Check us out Wednesday night, Mediocre Show, 808 in the PM, where Eric, Mike, and Hope talk shenanigans all night long and laugh and fall off the microphones. Last week was a funny week to me. I had a lot of fun last week. What do you think about Troy on the show, Nate? He doesn't hey, like Troy. No, I like Troy. I do like Troy. I think Troy brings in that st- sort of Stephen First sound and element of deadpan of, well, I don't know if that was funny, but you guys seem to be laughing. That kind of thing. Yeah. And it works. It works well. And he's got some very interesting stories. So, I, 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 think, he, uh, I think it refreshes everybody a little bit when he's in the studio. I believe, I like yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I like when he was trying to tell the story and <laughs> accusing him of not being able to tell a story. Yeah, that was the good. <laughs> and interrupting him constantly. And I also like when I told him, uh, Hope said he was five years until he was 35, and I said, or six months with good behavior. Mm, life was, imitates art. That was very good. Loved it. But yeah, we're going to be on. Get on the mediocre show, uh, the mediocre radio network.com. Get in the chat. I'll, we'll try to fix that this week. I will try. Don't fix the chat. Uh, we'll try. Um, I haven't really been in it, so I don't notice. I'm, I'm fucking doing a show here, Yeah, people. I haven't looked at the chat in so long. I look at my phone. You want to say something? No, something? no, the chat's wonderful. I'm not going to. You want to say uh, something? That's why, that's why I send you phone. text messages, because I, I don't bother to get in the chat, even oh. if the chat were working. Um, double O will be on next week. I don't know when. I think Thursday night I might be recording it. You're not here. I'm going to be talking to James from uh, Puppet Dungeon or Puppet a Day. He changed the name. I, I don't remember which one it is. But he's a guy uh, on, on Instagram, Facebook. He makes uh, his own puppets, like life-size ones. Um, he makes uh, special ones of people. And he goes around the world uh, showing his puppets to kids, doing good things. And he performs. Yeah, I, yeah I, he's I a really, really, really talented guy. So I will be talking to him this week. Um, won't be doing it Sunday because uh, Friday I'm going out to San Francisco um full of sith we're, we're gonna go out meet up out there and do the uh the whole star wars thing um have not, a great trip man. thank you i'm not at liberty to say what we're going to be doing but it is star wars related you and uh i will fill everybody in when we get back safe trip good trip. thank you i hope so i'm a little bit uh nervous to get out there but i'm looking forward to seeing some uh some listeners and some friends out in san francisco never been maybe you'll meet your flying wife again you know, I was thinking about her the other day. Me and Ariana were talking about her. I say, I hope I'm not in the flight where some some broads trying to pick me up the whole time. She was Paul. She was trying real hard. She even hit me up on Facebook afterwards. <gasps> then definitely, yeah. wife. Yeah, this girl just. I had my wife and my kid in front of me, and this girl's next to me the whole time, buckling my belt and, and all kinds of stuff. It was holding stuff for you. Yeah, it was. It was quite the interesting trip. And I had to keep so like Howard Stern, my private was, parts, yeah, sort of much, telling yeah. your life story to a very attractive stranger. Yeah, I mean, and my wife and my kid right there. Hey. It was very uncomfortable when you got that blanket. Yeah. Uh, huh. Did you try the popcorn <laughs> trick from Diner? I hope not. You do a lot of things on the plane that you're not proud of. Watch Diner, kids. What happens you know, at 30,000 feet happens at 30,000 feet. You know? <laughs> right. you know, that's how Lincoln got shot. He did the popcorn trick. Right, right. Yeah. Mary Todd had enough. So, yeah, um, full of Sith. Uh, two shows tonight after you guys leave. I'll be releasing two shows. We did Bobby Roberts' Rumor Control, and we also did a, an episode on the Clone Wars, both coming out tonight at some point. Hopefully sooner than later. I'm tired now. Um, we are exhausting. No, I'm just a tired guy. Um, that's about it. You have anything else to add, Paul? Not tonight, no. Okay. So, uh, at double O at uh, the mic and at SPP444 on the uh, Twitters. Do you have a Twitter address, Nate? Yeah, Captain Hostel. That's at right. Captain Hostel. That is you. 
And, um, and I apologize for all the uh, porn that comes off of it, but well, no, like I really don't. You like uh, to show the girls. Twitter right? is a uh, Twitter and Tumblr are for porn anymore. So yeah, I've noticed that. Um, yeah, I'm on, go to Facebook uh, or obviously oblivious.com. That's uh, where you can find us. And there is a voicemail line. And I got to tell you, because, well, Anya has my phone at the moment, so I can't look up and see what the number is. So look it up on Facebook, facebook.com. Oh, you're going to hand me the phone? You're done playing Angry Birds? Okay. Well, then that's what I'll do. I'll go to my phone book. I'll go to contact. That's the full Sith one. We didn't get to Dude or Douchebags tonight, do. but there is a a Twitter account for that. If, if anybody wants to check it out, you can tweet at dude underscore D bag 88. Okay. What's the 88 stand for? Cause there's it, similar other? to balls, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. So one, uh, the voice, the voicemail line for obviously oblivious four, eight, four, three, three, four, two Oh seven, two, all those good things. Orgasm, obviously oblivious.com is the email address. And that will be all. And uh, I don't know if Nate likes him or not, but he referenced them this show. I'm going to play some Bare Naked Ladies. It's all been done. That's what I'm playing, so live with it. And that's it for Double O. You have something to say, Paul? Oh, you were leaning in like you had something to say. What? Sure. What do you have to say? May the force be with you. Wrong show. Say, go screw yourself, people. (laughs) That's probably what you want to say. Uh. Well, no, may the force be with you, too, kid. You're pretty cool. Um... That's it. Uh, so for Obviously Oblivious, Devil 109, South Philly Paul, Nate DeBeard, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Nate. Pleasure. I would love to come up again. Yeah, you I definitely would come up again. love to grow a set and maybe start my own show. Well, yeah. Then you can sort of eventually say, hey, he doesn't make total crap. Check it out. If you didn't make total crap, I would definitely do that. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, nah, we'll see. Another- I think you're so nervous about it, you'll you'll put out a good thing. I think there's another five I'm, fucking years. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in my own ability to disappoint myself. Well, I'll disappoint you. Now that's a T-shirt. There you go. I'll have to get him back up here and build his confidence level because right. he he had nothing short of things to say tonight. That's no, for nothing. Sure. I was a total bore. All right. So obviously, oblivious. Double O one O nine. This is the Mike saying, "I tonight." <laughs>
Hi, this is the Mike Pilot from Obviously Oblivious, this little program that you just heard. And let me tell you about Zach's works. BigCartel.com. My buddy Zach Martinez out in Salt Lake City, he does some pretty cool stuff. He takes uh, wine bottles, liquor bottles, beer bottles, any kind of bottles, and he turns them into tumblers, glassware, that kind of nice stuff. So I implore you to go to that website, Zach's Works, Z-A-X-W-O-R-X.BigCartel.com, and uh, check things out. They're a great Christmas present, and uh, if Christmas already passed, because I'm not going to redo this commercial, I'm not. It's a good holiday gift for Valentine's Day, uh, that birthday of somebody you like, to, to get and break up and throw at somebody that you don't like so much. These kind of things that I do. Um, <laughs> he also has some uh, really cool tattoo art up there, too, so check it out. Zach's a good guy. He supports this show, and uh, we support him. So once again, it's zaxworks.bigcartel.com, Z-A-X-W-O-R-X.bigcartel.com. Help him out. And by that, I mean go there now and buy something. Because you have more money than I do. And Zach. Because he's fucking broke.